newsflash, newsflash. Amanda, I have got a news update for you. I'm so excited, but I'm also so nervous. I know, because I kind of I kind of let it slip just before we started recording about what uh, our newsflash is about. Do you remember our, uh, our first episode about uh, Little Skinwalker Ranch down in Utah? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, I've had an update. So our friends down there that live within 10 miles of Skinwalker Ranch had been having some very strange things happen with their outdoor video cameras that monitor their property. Dear God. And the reason why they have these outdoor cameras is because they they travel and they um, they they own a race car and they do um, go to races and stuff. And so sometimes they're not at home and they want to make sure everything's secure. Right, right. So they'd been noticing that there was something coming in their yard the last few nights. Mm. But their video was mysteriously cutting out or going staticky. What? Yeah. Okay. Except for. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. I don't need the nightmare fuel. <laughs> they caught something on camera yesterday yesterday yes yesterday this is hot off the presses this people. is like sizzling <laughs> yes so um they noticed that something had been coming in the yard because they do have cows and they have animals and so the animals were getting a little spooky so um they went outside the next morning and they saw tracks in the snow Big, big tracks. So they went in and there were two pictures that the camera just caught a little movement and got two pictures. Okay. So that camera has been glitching literally on and off for like five or six nights. And la- and last night... Yesterday night, they finally, they finally caught it. Oh man. So, um, let me just say that I did research just really quickly that wolves, um, there, there are, have been known, um, wolves that have traveled through Utah, but they usually don't, they don't have any known wolf packs in Utah. No, it's mostly coyote territory. And and this is this is according to wildlife.utah.gov and this was obviously updated a year ago, but I mean fairly recent in, as far as government yeah. websites go. Yeah. But they literally say they don't have any known wolf packs. Sometimes a lone wolf has been spotted, but it's rare. Rare. So let me just throw that out there. Okay, now. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have you open your phone. Oh, geez. And take a look at these pictures. Never been so scared to open an attachment before. Um, so they said with these pictures, they've been showing them to everybody all around town. And it's a small town. It's a small town. How but large they, is that But fence? they sent... Okay, so that you have to take into account they have three feet of snow. Right, right. But... In relative to the fence, 
that four-legged creature is probably two and a half to three feet tall. So at the rump, because that's the rump. Oh. Uh, and so um, we we did get permission to to share these photos with our followers, and there's two of them. And the really odd thing to me is that it looks canine, but while you can see like really good, well, fairly good definition on, on some of the other things in the frame, you can't see the definition of the face. Yeah, it's almost like... And the, it's super weird. Yeah, and I get that this is like, you know, snowy, blurry footage, but even still, the chain link yes. fence is like... Yes. Decently identifiable. The yeah. features otherwise are pretty definable. So so our friends at um Lindemann Racing and uh Holy man have sent us this and um I'm they so glad I left the basin. One hundred percent believe that this was a skinwalker. Yeah, because I that know they caught a skinwalker. I know they've been seeing stuff like a lot, like and yes. Hearing stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you so guys... that one's that one's sizzling hot, peeps. I sizzling hot. We will put that on our Facebook and you let us know what you think. Listen, you guys, I don't know if there is a specific way to keep a skinwalker out of your area besides not talking about them. But I will say, you know, for for just the sake of it, maybe maybe get some sage going. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, I don't think that's such a bad idea. It might not keep it off your property, but yeah. But hey, it's worth a try. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Lindman Racing Car Seventy Four. Uh, look them up in Utah. Um, great race team there. We expect great things from them this year, and we're actually one of their sponsors. I'm so excited. Uh, we've been yep. invited to go down to actually see one of their races in person see the races hand out some stickers I'm maybe a go, little more merch yeah i'm gonna go catch up with the fam it'll be awesome yep. okay so news news uh is out of the way well it's not jenna because what about this wonderful company oh, i digress i am yes. so excited about this okay jenna was nice Y'all. behind my back like in the good way in the good way <laughs> I, I reached out to some people yeah. I, ju- I just reached out and just, just said, emailed. Hey, hey. And our good friends at Zest Tea decided to send us some samplers and some merch and just a whole box of goodness, people. And so today, from the kindness of their hearts, we are drinking an Earl Grey and from their- Zest Tea tea it's their loose leaf and we did not need a lot for it to be really strong and it's not it's this is my absolute favorite it's like a high high quality earl gray yes like it's not like the just bought off a walmart shelf (laughs) (laughs) no it which to be fair some of those can be they can be okay they can be okay but like yeah so, so my my meter for judging a good tea is like, can I tolerate it without sugar and cream? Oh, 100%. I usually drink this plain. Um, I do like it with some um, vanilla cream because then you can make a nice London fog with it. Well, yeah. And who doesn't like a little cream and sugar with their oh, tea? Oh, yeah. But straight. But it, 
It mm. should not be necessary for a good tea. A good tea should be palatable on its own, in my opinion. Absolutely. And they did a great job, and they were so nice. What did it say inside that box when you opened it? It was so funny. I cannot remember what it said inside <laughs> the box. It was like it was like the best damn tea you'll have, or something like that. I was so, I was laughing my butt off because I'm like, these are like some really lighthearted, nice. kind people like we just expected like a little free tea sampler like here's one or two they're so nice and their tea is really good so i'm like extra i'm really pleasantly surprised they they actually sent us like a box of stuff and it was so awesome and so shout out to annie at zest tea we appreciate you thank you so much for um giving us the chance to try out your tea and let our listeners uh, know about it yeah i definitely think it's worth giving them a shot you guys if for no other reason than good tea yeah <laughs> and we'll be trying some others that have out of the sampler and we'll we'll let you know yeah i'll tell you how those hydration packs go over the week absolutely they even sent us hydration packs like who does that i love I it know. <laughs> it was amazing so amanda we had a request yeah from, from a fan i know I wasn't excited about this request at first. You know, I I kind of was like, really? But then I started to think about it, and I was like, maybe there's more to this than I know. And so, shout out to Brianna. Yeah, I, I really... For requesting this. I really only went with it because I was like, oh, it's Brianna. And then I started digging in, and I was like, nope, nope, this is actually some cool stuff this here. is right up our alley yeah so i'm so glad yeah. that she like pushed and asked us because it was definitely worth reading up on it was and and what is our topic today we are having tea with cthulhu cthulhu dun, dun, dun. i am so excited uh, i'm so excited so I'll, t- I'll tell you what i'll i'll get us started yeah because you've got some of the like backstory i you know i want to call it origin story on Cthulhu because um Brie thought that Cthulhu was like closely related to Kraken so we're we're gonna do some school in here we're okay go- we're gonna do some education on Cthulhu all right all, all right, right all right so um she she also wanted me to know that she thinks Cthulhu is cute mm. <laughs> I'll bring that up later right. <laughs> And, and, and to be fair, I knew that he was a created character by H.P. Lovecraft, but I, I, di- I didn't know he created the character. Like, I knew H.P. Lovecraft wrote about the character, but I didn't know he actually created him. Yeah, he's actually a relatively recent creating as far as, like, fictional beings go. Yes. Like I it, would say. Yeah. But very, very much um, influential. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Agree. Okay. So um, H.P. Lovecraft, when he first started writing about Cthulhu, it was in um, in a story in a magazine called Weird Tales. Okay. And um, it was published in February of 1928. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you could buy it for a quarter. Ah, uh, see? Yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah, can yeah. I buy stuff for a quarter? I know. Can't even buy gum for a quarter anymore. <laughs> so, um, and the title was called The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. 
and it is thought that Lovecraft derived the name from the ancient Greek word chthonic. Okay. Or thonic. So there's the K, some pronunciation, some pronunciations are silent, some have that K in there, but if if you Google it, it's it's actually thonic, but it's spelled with a C at the beginning. Okay. Is it uh what does the word mean? Yeah. So the word means in or under the earth or belonging to or inhabiting inhabiting the underworld. Ooh. Right. And Chthonian Chthonian means pertaining to deities, spirits, and other beings dwelling under the earth. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fascinating to me. Just that little teeny piece right there. I yeah. love it. I love it. So, um, his story... Okay, sorry. Train derailed no, for just a second. No, you're good. I, was, okay. I, I watched the crash happen. I know, because <laughs> I had to do arrows. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Follow the arrows. Follow the arrows. Okay. So, Lovecraft... It's said that he loved the creatures that he created in his stories so much that he actually like went into depth about their past and where they came from. And he would, he even created a sketch of Cthulhu, his own sketch. And, and that was in 1934. So it was, Years later, after he published the story. That he was still so in love with the creature mm-hmm. that he was... Yep. And then there, uh, um, Lovecraft had tons of letters um, back and forth from friends and acquaintances. And in one of his letters, he actually gives a genealogy of Cthulhu. <laughs> I love that. I was like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. He's he, He's got like that Tolkien-esque like, commitment yes. to his plot. It's... The yes. whole thing is thought through. So, and and one of the reasons why he came up with the pronunciation of Cthulhu um, is because he said that it's the closest you can get to reproducing the syllables of the alien language that Cthulhu comes from. So, yes, yep, people, yep, Cthulhu is actually an alien being, cosmic entity, and considered a great old one. Yes, and I was kind of peeking in on some of that so I could understand more mm-hmm. for what I'm going to talk about later. Right, right. It's, he gets really in-depth on some of this stuff. He does. I think it's awesome. But I think that definitely disproves the relation to Kraken. Because I'm pretty sure the Kraken is like an Earth native. Like, let's be real here. To be fair, yes. I agree with that. And um, I I don't know that I would say that Cthulhu is related to any Earth-bound entity that we know of some people say yes the kraken he's related to the kraken mm, i don't know so much about that uh, only in the most like distant sense could it could it be said right like that's like saying like a horse and a giraffe are related like yeah sure right. maybe a little bit at this point <laughs> so i'm i'm not gonna show you the the sketch 
of Cthulhu just yet because I want to get into more of the story of yeah. of Cthulhu before we get into the description of Cthulhu. Love that. Okay. So um, Cthulhu is said to be a malevolent entity hibernating, hibernating in an underwater city in the South Pacific. Okay. He's, he's imprisoned and um, in this underwater city. And it is also said that Cthulhu is the source of constant subconscious anxiety for all mankind. That sounds about right. Right? <laughs> if you're going to blame anxiety on something, it's Cthulhu. Yeah. Cthulhu is the reason. Yeah. So he is also a subject of worship by human cults. He has been uh, trapped in this city, but will eventually return when the stars align. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> right? Which stars? What do I need to be watching for? Exactly. Exactly. So Cthulhu was also mentioned in other Lovecraft stories. And I'm just going to throw them out there because people, I think any of Lovecraft's work is worth a read. Yeah. And f because it's not copyrighted anymore, you can find it online. I've, I've got the downloaded Call of Cthulhu right in front of me. Yeah. like, And it was definitely worth the read. Lovecraft's works are just chef's kiss. Like, yes. go read it. It's worth yes. it. Yes. So he also mentions him in the Dunwich Horror of 1928, The Whisperer in Darkness in 1930, and the novella At the Mountains of Madness in 1931. <laughs> oh, geez. So in uh, Whispers of Darkness, he hints at an origin with um, Cthulhu with a character talking about Cthulhu saying, I learned whence Cthulhu first came and why half the great temporary stars of history flare forth. Oh? The mystery in that. What? The mystery in that. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he puts, he puts the, the power of Cthulhu out there in, in a lot of his, I love and that. And a lot of his stories. So, and, and I will tell you that uh, initially, shame on me, I, I got Algernon Blackwood confused with Lovecraft because they are very much in the same time frame. Um, but Algernon Blackwood actually had this to say about Cthulhu. Lovecraft. Oh. Of such great powers or beings, there are there may be conceivable, conceivably a survival, a survival of a hugely remote period when consciousness was manifested, perhaps, in shapes and forms long since withdrawn before the tide of advancing humanity, forms of which poetry and legend alone have caught a flying memory and called them gods, monsters, Mythical beings of all sorts and kinds. So the fact that Blackwood <laughs> would say that about Lovecraft and Lovecraft's work. Oh my goodness. It's like, yep. There we go. He, yeah. 
he when I say Tolkien-esque I mean it like it's such a flushed out group of work yes it's incredible their use of language is just superior if you ask me yeah they knew what words meant and how to use them (laughs) right and and the story so the call of cthulhu actually starts out his story is in three parts but the beginning of the story claim are claims of uh old newspaper clippings that mention a a monster or a beast and then notes from a professor who had this person approach him with information and an artifact that that had uh ancient writing on it and so um and it also says in the story i mean gosh guys go read it but it says in the story that you know the the professor never intended for this information ever to be released, but he died suddenly. Dun, dun, dun. And then his nephew gained possession of all of his writings and was tasked with going through everything, and he's the one that found the information on Cthulhu. And released it. And released it to the world. Oh, man. Yeah. He should have known better. Yeah. I mean, really. So I mean, what would it what would it be if I didn't like spit some Lovecraft at you uh, as we're doing? No this? fun. That's I what know. it would be. Right. Like. Theosophists have guessed at the awesome grandeur of the cosmic cycle wherein our world and human race form transient incidents. They have hinted at strange survivals in terms which would freeze the blood if not masked by a bland optimism. But it is not from them that there came the single glimpse of forbidden eons which chills me when I think of it and maddens me when I dream of it. Huh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Uh. So he, he, I think he is one of those creators that just puts everything he has yeah everything he has in it yeah i think he i think the reason his stuff is so believable is because he believed in it to such a depth right like i I would i would have to agree yeah yeah so one of his friends um august um derleth and i'm hope i'm not butchering that um a friend of love lovecraft called cthulhu um Oh, used Cthulhu to develop a system of lore called Cthulhu Mythos. In 1937, uh, he wrote a short story, and it was called The Return of Hashter. And he proposed that two groups of opposing cosmic entities in his story, uh, the old or ancient ones, the elder gods of cosmic good and those of cosmic evil bearing many names and they themselves of different groups as if associated with the elements and yet transcending them. For there are the water beings hidden in the depths, which he, he definitely associates Cthulhu with. Right. 
And those of the air that are primal and lurkers beyond time, those of an earth that are horrible animated survivors of distant eons. Oh. So August kind of took that initial um, story and development from Lovecraft and decided to build on it. So in his story, he called um, Cthulhu was the great Cthulhu or the one of the water elements and is in a rivalry with a designated air element, Hashter, the unspeakable. Hashter, the unspeakable. Well, don't speak it if he's unspeakable. And also, Hashter is Cthulhu's (gasps) half-brother. It's a telenovela. I know. (laughs) Say it isn't so. (laughs) So he also wrote several stories based on this premise between 1944 and 1952. So August, huge fan of Love's, Lovecraft's, I apologize, Lovecraft's Cthulhu. So, um, but there's also people, other Lovecraft enthusiasts like um, Michael Hallenbeck, and again, I hope I said that correctly, um, wrote a book criticizing August, um, saying that, um, and it's actually entitled H.P. Lovecraft Against the World, (laughs) which is a fantastic title. (laughs) But um, he said uh, he's against that really definitive good evil type definition for Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, and he thinks that August turned them into stereotypical stereo, stereotypical conflict between forces of good and evil. Yeah. Yeah. So people think Cthulhu is not evil himself, but he kind of transcends morality and that he's possibly a priest of the old gods. So I've heard it explained that these old gods are basically so big and because they are not of earth so expansive that to them we are but fleas so it's not necessarily (laughs) it's not necessarily that they're not good i just pictured you know him flicking a flea off his shoulder like cthulhu flicking and the little dude going "Ah!" (laughs) right but it's not necessarily like a i'm doing this because i'm an evil person who wants like you're just annoying me yeah, it, it's not. It's, I don't. It's not want you. It's not a thought, around. even. Right. It, it's right. not even the. You're annoying. You're a thought. It's just like when you flick at a mosquito, absentmindedly. Oh. Like well, you, you don't yeah, sit true. there and think, "I hate you." The whole time, you might say it out loud if five of them have bit you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> even then, it's just like an absentmindedly like brushing off. Yeah. Like yeah, that's fair. Like that is fair. It's a mosquito. Who cares? Right. <laughs> Right. So um, now we get to get into what Cthulhu looks like. Dun, dun, dun. So um, in the story again, we're going to go back to Lovecraft's own words. In the story, he talks about the hieroglyphs on this artifact that this person brought to him. And he says, above these apparent hieroglyphics was a figure of an evident pictorial intent 
though its impressionistic execution forbade a very clear idea of its nature, it seemed to be a sort of monster or symbol representing a monster of a form which only a diseased fancy could conceive. If I say that, my somewhat extravagant imagination yielded simultaneous pictures of an octopus, a dragon, and a human caricature, I shall not be unfaithful to the spirit of the thing. A pulpy, tentacled head surmounted a grotesque and scaly body with rudimentary wings, but it was the general outline of the whole which made it most shockingly frightful. Dude, I love that description. I know. I know. And then you get to see Lovecraft's own sketch of Cthulhu. Oh, man. It reminds me of, like, the face of the Ood from Doctor Who on the body of, like, a humanoid dragon-esque. Do you know what it reminds me of is almost, um, not quite so much, I mean, but very much maybe is um, Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean. I I could see that. That tentacled face. Yeah. Well, you got to the Ood, right? Like, it was that, like, but that, like, bald, absentee eye, like. Yup. I've also heard descriptions saying he's, like, really big. Yes. So Lovecraft goes on in, um, in the story, and he describes um, nonsensical, uninscribed, gibberish, but he makes out the letters Cthulhu. Oh. And where Cthulhu is. Um, and so then he also says, they include not only a repetition of what he had formerly dreamt, but touched wildly on a gigantic thing miles high, which walked or lumbered about. Ooh, lumbered. That's a quality adjective right there. Yes. Yes. And then again, as repeated by Dr. Toby, convinced the professor that it must be identical with the nameless monstrosity he had sought to depict in his dream sculpture. So yeah, this, I mean, guys... Guys, go read The Call of Cthulhu. Well, or... If you haven't. Yeah. If you haven't. Yeah. But I I found that I, I learned a few things about Cthulhu just doing that little bit of research. And the one thing that, that got me is that he wasn't something that originated on planet Earth. He came from... Outer space. The universe from outer space. He was, he is not an earth <coughs> creature. Oh my goodness, this cold weather's got me in a grip. The wind outside does not help. No, it does not. It's horrible today. Yeah. So, yeah, Cthulhu, like, and all these other ones are like aliens. So I had to, like, I was, like, trying to make sure I didn't cover too much. From what you would be talking about with Lovecraft, because I sure. knew, like I want I didn't want to like overlap too much, but I found on the um, villain wiki 
which I didn't know was Ooh, a thing. Oh, villain wiki. So, <laughs> villain wiki had some fun facts about Cthulhu that I would love to share with you. Nice. Hit me with it. Okay, so he has some aliases. Like, he's got multiple names. Just in case you want to make sure that if you can't get his attention with Cthulhu, you've got some other names to talk to him. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, so he is also known as High Priest of the Great Old Ones, the Sleeper of Relea, the Great Dreamer, the Slumbering One, the Great Old One, the Great Cthulhu, the Great Tulu, (laughs) Cthulhut, Cthulhu, or just Thulu, Khan, Vera Kosha, Lord of the Earthquake, White Foam of the Waters, the Devourer, Kluklu. Kluklu? Kluklu. Oh, Kluklu. Kluklu. Kulu. And Him Who Is to Come. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> him, him Who Is to Come. I like Kulu. I like being like, hey, Kulu. Kulu. <laughs> Uh, that, that's the cute name. That's that's the that's the Cthulhu that Brianna wants. Is yeah. Kulu. Kulu. Hey Kulu. That would be like a squishy. Oh, like, they make squishies. Like, uh, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll no. get to that. No, no. Okay. So so, so um, uh, other fun facts. He has powers and skills. He, oh, okay. His powers and skills are his immortality, his immense size, his vast strength, his nigh invulnerability, his nigh omnipotent onip. Omnipotent. No, om, omniscience. Om, 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 omniscience. It's like right up here. Omniscience. Um, oh, <laughs> nigh omniscience. That's what it looks like. Well, okay. His flight, which terrifying that he could actually fly with those oh, no. wings. No, um, no, no, no. His tentacle extension. No. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. His ap- That's terrifying. His apocalypse inducement. Thanks for this one, Kulu. Um, yeah. His onirokinesis, which is like dream manipulation, telepathy, oh. hydrokinesis, embodiment of madness, madness oh, inducement, plasma manipulation, ability to create and command the star spawn, shape-shifting, uh, reality warping, and dimension kinesis. Just to name a few. But <laughs> if you really want to get to know Cthulhu, you should know that his official hobbies are listed as dreaming and being worshipped. Oh, you oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I just had to Google omniscience because I just, I had to know that I think it's omniscience, I think is maybe how it's pronounced. Um, oh, I think you're right. Omniscience. Okay. But it's spelled omniscience. So it really, it looks weird. When omniscience. You- but it's the state of knowing everything. So besides Cthulhu being massive and scary and everything else, he just knows everything. Yeah, because why not? Yeah. So let's let's get into a little bit about him in modern society. Okay. Sure, sure. So first off, you should know that there are several real life creatures named after Cthulhu. Yes. Yes, there is. And I did not know if I wanted to Google what they looked like or not. Because some of them are... Spiders. Yes. I'm going to show you one. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is, oh, no. This oh, is no. this California spider named uh, 
Pimoa Cthulhu, which is named after Cthulhu. It's this little guy. Oh, that's terrifying, Amanda. That's terrifying. It literally looks like it has a picture of Cthulhu on its back. It like, does. forget the rest of the spider. Look at that. That is a Cthulhu. <laughs> she can't even look. Uh, for the rest of you, I got I think you. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. There it's is. black and yellow and very terrifying, people. There is a moth, a New Guinea moth, called the Spiridonia Cthulhui, is how it looks like it's spelt. Okay. And it's got like this like... Oh! Yeah. It's it's very like wavy pattern to it, but it looks like okay, it's Okay, I can look at that. Eyes. And... Well, the wavy pattern on its wings almost looks like tentacles. Yeah, it's very... That's cool. Hypnotic in a way. Yes. That's um, not scary. I like that. There was a fossil found and named for Cthulhu. Hmm. Um, it's the Solacena Cthulhu. And this is an artist depiction of it. It's... I don't know. It's kind of like a starfish in the way that it's on the ground of the seafloor, but it's got like lots of tentacles, a main round sphere. It's very weird. I I will be posting all of these. That's strange. Yeah. Um, but I could see why they would do that because, you know, Cthulhu under the waves and the water. There's also a sea creature. microorganism named after Cthulhu, but as many times as I have tried to download the photo for it, Google is being dumb. Um, it does not look like anything to me it just looks like a little round blob that's not cthulhu-ish it, it's maybe got some like stringy things but they weren't even convincing as tentacles in my brain i oh. think some i okay. think i think some really special scientists named that it if was you like catch a my drift. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um there's also a dark region on pluto's equator I don't have a picture of this. Um, like Pluto the planet. On its oh. equator, there's like this dark region that used mm -hmm. to be named the whale. Um, but in 2015 was renamed and is now known as Cthulhu Macala. Cthulhu Macala? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they renamed it for Cthulhu. Huh. Now, Cthulhu has been in many games, movies, memes okay this is modern society of cthulhu yes. now so there actually are video games called the call of cthulhu oh okay yes and it's a multi-series game so that's where i think a lot of the newer generation started getting involved with like oh this is cthulhu this oh. is what's going on and then like many um dungeon masters have brought it in for their uh dungeons and dragons campaigns but it is like slowly become a meme in fact it was such a meme that there was he was even a parody candidate in 2010 in the Polish elections and in the 2016 and 2020 U.S. elections. What? And in the 2016 elections, a hacker got so far as to actually get Cthulhu on the presidential... Shut the front door. <laughs> Are you serious? On the ballot. Oh, So this see? is his, his presidential platform, The Greater of Two Evils. Oh my Gideon. I love that. And in 2020, ran on the platform, No Lives Matter. Oh, man. <laughs> Cthulhu for president. So There you go. Um, so there's the meme for it. Cthulhu is the president that America needs. Cthulhu announces he's running for president and promises to eliminate ISIS by destroying reality. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you ask me, is the ultimate way to de 
solve all of our problems. There you go. He really will. Go Cthulhu. Yeah. If anything, I just don't want him to be my subconscious reason for anxiety anymore. <laughs> if he wants to run for president, that's okay. That's fine by me. So then, just don't give then me anxiety. Then there are these Facebook memes that ran around. This is Cthulhu. Sure. Cthulhu doesn't post on Facebook. Cthulhu spreads the words of his horrifying deeds in nightmares and dreams. So terrifying they can shred your sanity and turn your mind to jelly. Cthulhu is smart. Be like Cthulhu. Cthulhu is smart. <laughs> oh my gosh. An octopus funny. just dragging this diver off. Sir, do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior Cthulhu? Oh. <laughs> So he's become like this. Uh, it's everywhere. And there's yeah. tons of like ones like Cthulhu sitting in a bathtub playing with a little toy ship. Like everywhere. And so right. he's because he became a meme, people started making chibi Cthulhu. So chibi is like when you take a character and you make them like more rounded and more cutesy. So you give them like little blush marks. Oh, like so, anime, like cute little anime. An- over-exaggerated oh. anime okay. in a way. Okay. Uh, chibi is like a very specific niche off anime. That's a whole other discussion. Okay. But yeah, that gets you close to the target. So so this is the Cthulhu that Brianna wants as a pet. Yeah. Okay. So it's this very cute, like, little octopus dude who's just kind of chill. Like, oh, man. Adorable. There's, like, tiny little Cthulhu plushies. Like, there's a whole merch line for a great Lord okay. of Evil in the kids' department. All right. Now I, now I gotta, now I gotta take a sec and I have to... You, you continue, and I'm gonna I'm gonna Google Cthulhu mm. plushie. So, as you said, uh, in his works, they talk about cults popping up for Cthulhu. Well, there are actually real life cults that have popped up for Cthulhu, and they are formed around the Cthulhu mythos. Um, some of them will combine the Cthulhu. Uh, mythos with other ideologies like satanism is one a common one um others accept him as a fictional being but subscribe to his philosophies regardless philosophies like i've got stuff everywhere i'm telling you i had to draw arrows all over the notes today <laughs> so philosophies like the cults believe that humans are insignificant and that no matter what we do forces like cthulhu could wipe us out in an in- instant so it's kind of like this philosophy of like hey live your life because uh you're gonna die (laughs) yeah and while many people see it as an um as really odd for people to follow a relatively new fictional character to the point of creating cults and religions around him sure um the followers say their beliefs are supported by the necronomicon Now, this book was mentioned in a lot of Lovecraft's works, and it was his, quote-unquote, creation in these books. I say, oh. I say quote-unquote, because we're, what we're about to get into. Okay. So, many editions of the Necronomicon have since been released. A lot of, like, copycat renditions. Right, okay. Um, the cults mainly focus on one called the Simon Edition, Named for the author, or at least the pen name of the author, Simon. Mm-hmm. Simon claims that the word Cthulhu comes from the Sumerian word Cthulhu, or Cthulhu, which gives the cult a feeling of historical legitimacy. 
Oh, so he's different root word. Yeah. Different origin. Okay. The cult um, really believes in the works that are talked about in the Necronomicon. So what is the Necronomicon? Sure. Lay it on me. Well, if you ask Adventure Time, it's just a weird book that... (laughs) (laughs) No, let's get serious. That's a different rabbit hole. It's really bizarre. So it's also known as the Book of the Dead, which is funny because there actually is a Book of the Dead. Right. Yeah. And it has an Arabic title of Kitab al-Azif, which means the howlings of demons. Oh, that's not concerning at all. At all. No. Hmm. The book is said to be bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Hence, satanic or <laughs> evil or do not open unless it is the apocalypse type book. Break glass in case of emergency. <laughs> yes. Jeez, um, that's worse than the book in, you know, the Hocus Pocus, the one with yeah. the eyeball. That one always creeps me out, but this well, one sounds worse. Well, that's another... Um, Oh, there's a word for them. I'll think of it later. Okay. Which is grimoire. Oh. That's another grimoire. Okay, gotcha. So um, grimoires are personalized, passed down spell books, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, This one is particularly filled with stuff on demons and demon resurrection. Stories on what hides in the forest and dark places, specifically in man's domain. I don't know if I like that. It also has spells for summoning the great ones, like Cthulhu. No. No. <laughs> Let's not do that. And I have I have it here on my Kindle, and I've been reading <gasps> through it, and they're legitimately what? spells and chants. I have not got a chance to read all of it because it is an immense work, but I would like to because it what? gets into specifics on summoning them, putting them back, the circles you need to draw for them. I'm just still blown away by you told me you got nep necro net the, <laughs> the necronomicon on your Kindle. <laughs> yeah, this was like Kindle Unlimited too. I didn't even you pay didn't for even it. have to order it from Amazon, and it didn't come shipped in like a lead lined box. No, this is the this <laughs> with is like the... you know inscriptions on on it to seal it in the container. This is no. the modern edition <laughs> Kindle version of the necronomicon. Necronomicon. Um, okay, Lovecraft claims the original author was a man named Abdul Abdul Al-Hazird, a.k.a. the Mad Arab. But we're going to go with Abdul. Okay. So Abdul ended up searching uh, the Babylonian ruins for the hidden knowledge of the occult. Um, he ended up finding secret tunnels, secret subterranean tunnels, where he worshipped Yog Solthoth and Cthulhu. Shortly after finishing a book, the Necronomicon, a witness saw him ripped apart by an evil entity in broad daylight. No, the this bo- took a dark turn, Amanda. Like this is the like I was like looking up the Cthulhu plushie, and he's cute, <laughs> and this I don't like. This is not okay. But bo- you're going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. When after he died, the book was then lost. Oh. 
It then appeared again in 950 to a scholar in Constantinople. Oh. This new accessibility to it led to many deadly magic experiments, and in 1050, it was burned. Wow. Okay. In 1228 AD, it was found again and translated to Latin by a professor in Copenhagen. His name was Olius Wormius. Okay. Um, after the translation, the books were then banned by Pope Gregory IV. There's some, there's some history here. There is some okay. history here. However, in 1692, a copy was found in a home during the Salem witch trials. No. No. Okay, that's another... That's another twist, plot twist I didn't see coming. Okay. Lovecraft himself claims there are still copies in the following libraries. Original copies. The British Museum. Uh-huh. The Bibliothèque Nationale de France. So okay. the Library of France, National Library of France. The Widener Library of Harvard University of Cambridge in Massachusetts. Yes, the same Massachusetts where the Salem witch trials were held. Oh, wow. Okay. At the University of Buenos Aires and at the Vatican Library. All right. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I. Yep. Yep. I believe it. Um, mm-hmm. Some say it should not be spoken out of the mouths of humans or written by human hands. So of course I decided. <laughs> okay, well it's on your Kindle, so it's not written by human hands. No, no. It's electronic, people. It's totally safe. So of course I decided I should speak some of it out loud. <laughs> Amanda. I need a buckle in. I'm buckling in. I haven't buckled in for a while. Okay. I need to figure in. out how to summon Cthulhu. No, no, let's just know. Now, granted, I don't have the full setup. You're supposed to do it right before sleeping and under the effects of a special mushroom. Oh, no, (laughs) are you serious? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. And then you utter the following. Under the sea, you are sleeping, big Cthulhu full of tentacles. And in your sleep, you are dreaming about Rayla and its pinnacles. And while whispering about a telepathic, frightening and shadow world to human brains, very apathetic, arise at trine, O Lord. Arise from the huge sea, take to humans your reign. It's for me, your devotee. Burn all others again and again, big tentacled Cthulhu, his bigness come price Come, my boy, from the century vastness, I'm your knick-knack, your toy. What? There's also... Why would somebody write that? There's also <laughs> a spell to put him back. So just, oh, okay. Just yeah. in case. Just, yeah. Just in case. That one we want to know. Just in case. You say, okay. sleep Cthulhu, and then go back to your world, which is so black, down into the dreamless water, down to abysses under the sea, into your coffin in its lightness. It is black and motionless and wavy and algae sea. By your horror's silent bee, so be it and for the best, while I quickly stop my rest. Now, Kay. granted, both of these came from the children's version of the Necronomicon. Oh. <laughs> 
there's there's a children's version of the Necronom. That is just not okay either. Like I don't, I don't. I'm I didn't okay want to actually that. read any of them from the Simon version of the Necronomicon because um, I do have a little bit of common sense, but I thought it would be fun to give you a little bit of of, of jitters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna look at my little Cthulhu plushie right now because look, look at that little Cthulhu plushie. Like, who doesn't want that as their best friend? I could cuddle that. That's just cute. I could cuddle that. This this book is infamous, and it had. There are so many different versions of it. I have an entire Pinterest board that I created. I'm going to have to, like, link my Pinterest sometime because that's where I stick all, like... Wow. There's all different kinds of version of this necrom... Necronomicon. 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 Because it's like a... It's a book of bringing what is dead to life. But I have an entire Pinterest full of pages of works of art inspired by the Necronomicon. And they are... All very horrifying. And there are some depictions in here specifically of Cthulhu that are just oh gorgeous in how terrifying they are. But I have to admit the artwork is very stunning. I love when a good mythos like this gets... But it also kind of creeps me out at the same time because then it tries to make it more real. Well, yeah, but oh, look at all this. Yeah. So wow. there is an, another depiction of Cthulhu. It's... But it's all very much based on Lovecraftian's work. Nice. So nice, nice. Uh, ten out of ten. Go get yourself a Necronomicon, you Kindle users. <laughs> uh, zero or out of ten. Lovecraft. Do not try to do anything in that book unless you've read the full book. It's like when you're getting those instructions in class. You got to read all the instructions before you continue because you might find out at the end that you did the one thing wrong and you bring darkness onto all of humanity. So let's not do that. Yeah. D- yeah. Let's not do that. You That's can not read what this it is for about. Funsies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you need a good bedtime story, you know, something to put you to sleep at night. Yeah, so you Just can see maybe. the Dark Lord of Dreams in your dreams. Duh. Mm, no thanks. <laughs> so, would you tea with Cthulhu? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would tea with Cthulhu. I, I, I don't know if I believe in, like, the mile-high Cthulhu, because then I'd be like, Yo, Cthulhu! How's the tea? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, The tea! I think there's a fly in here. <laughs> swat, 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 swat. Yeah, no, it would have to be, like, Maybe a larger man-sized Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe okay. Bigfoot size at the yeah, best. Yeah. 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 But I could sit and have a cup with him. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have a cup with the Necronomicon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I Stuff like that kind of creeps me out. Like, I don't like Ouija boards. I don't like, you know, possessed Annabelle dolls. I, I just... There's... I feel too much energy with things like that. And so 
I it creeps me do too but that's why I'm very specific on following the rules with such things mm, like I would point. never use a Ouija board on my own in my own home in my with my on my own property with anyone sick or anything like that like I would follow rules to a T you always say hello and goodbye and if you don't say goodbye you're screwed see and my use of a Ouija board is uh firewood you just burn it. You're not actually supposed to do that. I have. I know. When you burn it, you let the spirit... Anyway. Was outside. I'll give you a it proper a Ouija board pit. etiquette thing later. Yes. But like with That's something like the Necronomicon, episode. I love reading it because if it is real, it's this It's kind of cool like back pocket knowledge to have. Oh. And if it's not real, it's just this like... It's this edge of humanity where like... As much science as we have in humanity, there's that that edge there of that. Not- it's like if you just pulled back the curtain, yeah, it's, maybe it'd be real it's behind the, the it's curtain. It's that right beyond the brink of our knowledge stuff that mm-hmm. it's like standing on the edge of the cliff. It's exciting. Okay. All right. In a, that's in a fair. way. All right. <laughs> Tea with Cthulhu. But you can have the book. Okay. I'll have, right. I'll be flipping through the pages while you talk to Tentacle Boy. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. I like it. We can do that. We uh, can do it. Okay, I love this dive. This was a fun one. Yeah. This was just a fun one. And I and I honestly think there is some mystery behind Cthulhu. And there is some lore and there was some stuff there to kind of especially with how unexplored the depths of our cr yeah you know it's one of those things where it's like who knows we don't know yet yeah we don't know yet right the oceans we've only explored 10 percent 10 or 20 yeah of the oceans yeah like everyday scientists go down there and they're like i don't know what's going on right <laughs> Right. And, 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 well, to be fair, there used to only be a myth of giant squids. Yeah. And now we 100% know giant squids exist. And quite possibly that they did take down ships because they're massive. Yeah. And it looks like the bottom of a wheel that they would take down. Like, yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to anything that's underwater, my answer is probably. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right i like it uh, okay like you guys if you want to see these cool pictures of cthulhu and maybe an adorable mm. plushie of him <laughs> and our exclusive potential skinwalker skin from the uinta basin dun 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 we're gonna be posting all of that on our facebook and yep. you can find us there you can find us on instagram and if you want to talk to us directly because you've been in contact with the great lord cthulhu uh, you can email us at info at steepedmystery.com. And another thank you to Zest for absolutely for tea today. Thank you, Annie at Zest. And hey, stay zesty. And y'all, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.